Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by G. Hey, Wiley, Brandon, Deutsch, Jake, Dicker, Armani Buckets not here today, but how are we doing on this beautiful day? It, it is a gorgeous day, but I, and I know we're going to lead with this story, but I am insanely bummed that we are um, going to be missing a legend after uh, September. Uh, and Serena Williams. So I'm I'm a little little bummed when I woke up this morning for that announcement. But other than that, this day is glorious. Yeah, it's a beautiful day. Uh, a lot of baseball. A lot of a lot of good stories. I know the KD situation too. A lot of a lot of drama right now. You love to see it. Yeah, you know we got we we're in the dog days of summer with baseball. So now we've kind of got some some bigger name stories to to spice things up. But uh, yeah, it, it is. They said it is a beautiful day, and and I'm happy to be back. Guys, I went to the uh, Clayton Kershaw ping pong tournament last night, and it is uh, one of the best events because it is on the field at the at the Dodger Stadium. You're playing ping pong at Dodger Stadium. They're ser- they are serving food and wine. Uh, Gee, you have something in common with Dave Roberts. He loves himself some good wine, some good red. J- Justin was his sponsor. They had uh, some good wine out there. So, uh, yeah, had a lot of fun there for Clayton Kershaw's the foundation, and so that was a really good time. So um, I'm just jealous that you got to have some uh, isosceles, and I didn't get some. That was <laughs> I'm jealous best. about. I mean, normally when you have like an open bar situation, you have you know you have okay wine. It's not the <laughs> best wine. They had Justin isosceles at the open bar, so I definitely went um, hard at that, and it was. Uh, Duarte did as well, so we'll have to talk to Michael Duarte about that. All right, let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contests are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircaSports.com for details. Hit it, Jihei. Well, just as we said at the top of the show, Serena Williams just announced that she will retire after the U.S. Open. Guys, thoughts on this retirement? Incredible. I mean, we were so blessed during that period of time to watch a GOAT. And I think when you talk about Michael Jordan, when you talk about Tiger Woods, when you talk about some of the greatest of all time, Serena is in that conversation. 23 Grand Slam titles, the most of our generation, the most since um, her great court. Um, had 24 again so she wanted that time 24 and to hold the all-time mark and, and again she came close again she got to the final post-birth I mean, I mean you, you, it's hard to quantify how hard that is for her to reach the pinnacle of her sport once again uh, but you know she knows herself and she knows how she's feeling and again i think maybe wanted to give it one last go at the u.s open but uh 
this is the, the perfect time for her going out on top but, but just what an amazing career and again i the important thing is when you're realizing greatness when you're watching greatness when you're watching tom brady this upcoming season when you're watching lebron james appreciate the moment because again we've been spoiled during this time period to have some of the all-time greats it, that that, that that doesn't happen all the time. Yeah, she's a once-in-a-lifetime a generational talent. She's she's never going to be duplicated ever again. I mean, you just you just have to look at her and know that that's exactly. never it's never going to happen again, right? Um, I think my only problem with this is that I think that she called it quits too late because she was like a little on the decline already. I love her. I'm not going to lie. She's our age, Arash. She's killing it. She. I mean, she coming back after having a child. And still competing at that highest level it's is insane. It's hard to pick that perfect moment. Though, Absolutely. Because I think if she had beaten Naomi Osaka for, uh, Osaka for the championship, hit number 24, I think she would have retired. But then when you get to the final and then you lose, and then she's like, okay, so, so, so my thought is like, I want to come back. Tom Brady, I thought for sure when we were in Tampa and we saw that Super Bowl, there's no doubt about it, that. That's it. Go out on top. Comes back. Loses in the playoffs. Does retire. Now he's back again. <laughs> it's hard to quit. It's hard to quit when you're on top. Uh, it's very rare. Well, and also, this is, you know, this is her life. This right now, right? Exactly, like this is yeah. this is what Tom Brady the exact same thing. This is their life. This is what you this is what you played for when you were a child. You played for those Super Bowls. You played for those opens. You played to be the best and win all those titles. I mean 23. God. It's, God, I like know. you can't even you can't even fa I can't even fathom 23 titles think, let alone one. I, I think it's the right time to retire though. I mean she's already the all-time great, you know. She can go into so many different ventures in her career at this point. You know, focus on her kids, focus on her life, you know, because this has been her whole life. And I know people said the same thing about Tom Brady, and he just, he does not want to hang with a supermodel for whatever reason. <laughs> wants to be on the football field. But Serena Williams, what all-time great. She, it's just, it's remarkable. So I think everybody will be watching her in this um, upcoming match and just appreciating greatness. I mean, she's also like the equivalent of Tiger Woods, right? Of yeah, like any yeah. any PGA tournament. Um, you don't want to watch <laughs> any tennis unless she's there. Yeah. You don't want to watch golf unless Tiger's there. You don't want to watch, you know, I mean, football's totally different, but those individual kind of sports, she's there and you watch. You uh, you turn on that television at four in the morning, you know, for, for Wimbledon and you watch. The beauty of her and Tiger and Kobe, because I'll include him is you watch them grow up you saw them as kids you saw them as teenagers and you saw them grow up to be all-time greats so there's that connection there there's that connection when you know the father and you've seen them grow up from a teenager to an adult to a parent it's inc incredible to watch yeah I think I'm gonna kind of echo what Jihei said I think I think it's the right time I think it may even be a little bit late um, you know she's very on just on the court it's clear she's lost a step I mean after Coming back after having a child who's, I think her daughter's almost five, um, makes sense for her to want to spend as much time with her daughter growing up. She won her first singles match in over a year, I think something like 430 days um, yesterday at the Canadian Open. So I think it is a little bit late, but as you said, I mean, we're never going to see this again, never yeah. going to be replicated. Um, so I think this last month plus, however long we have, just kind of celebrate her and her career. And I mean, she's, I mean, has so many different business ventures and is deeply rooted in that sports business world where she has so many different things she can do where she doesn't really need tennis anymore. 
So what's her last? I I didn't read the. Uh, I believe the it's the U.S. Open. So she is going to retire at the U.S. Uh, so that's I, I believe fantastic. that's that's at least what I uh, saw. According yeah, to Story book finish. Yeah. Story book finish. I mean, I would love it if that was her twenty fourth title. How incredible would that, that be? Amazing. But yeah, but yeah, I just. Let, you know, like Jake said, I just I wish that she would have called it quits a little while ago because. Hey, th- listen, you're not saying that if she wins the U.S. That's very though, true. Right? That's very very true. Well, moving on, Kevin Durant always causing drama had a meeting with Nets owner uh, Joe Tsai and gave him an ultimatum: choose me or Sean Marks and Steve Nash. Joe then tweeted his support for the front office and coaching staff. Boston is still the favorite to land Kevin Durant, but will um, what will happen next in this saga, guys? So what they've done here, Kevin Durant, Rich Kleiman, his team, is to make this as uncomfortable a situation as possible to basically force the Nets' hand here. And uh, because I, I think he knows that Joe Sy is not going to clean house. It's, I mean, it, it would just look so poor. It would just look so bad if, if, if by the way, Look bad for like all parties involved. I mean, it would look bad for Joe. It would look bad for KD if you effectively said, well, want to keep KD. So buy Steve Nash, buy Sean Marks. Look bad for KD to kind of fire two guys like that. Would look bad for Joe Sy to effectively say, well, the franchise is no longer really mine. It's KD's. Yeah. So you make it uncomfortable. Why? Because he does want to get moved. He does want to get traded. Now, where exactly he gets traded, that's still the big question. But in the player empowerment movement, well, the final chapter of a player's stay with his team is to make the situation as uncomfortable as possible to say, hey, listen, you guys, we can play this game all year long. Like, I'm going to not talk to the media. I'm going to show up in t-shirts that kind of uh, say that I don't want to be here. I can tweet things. And at the end of the day, what the team does, what makes this situation unique, guys, is he's got four years left on a deal. Normally, a player will do this if they've got one or two years. Four years, that's what makes it so unique. And again, you're talking about a top five player. Fascinating story here. Yeah, but where's the line? Where do you draw the line and say like, look, I get it, you're KD, but where do you draw, where do you draw the line when it's like ownership is supposed to be making these, you know, these deals and making these trades and everything, and then like he's making that decision for them. But where do you draw the line? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. Like, <laughs> I thought it was an easy decision. Now a lot of people got mad at me for this on my TikTok, but I said fire Sean Marks fire Steve Nash and keep Kevin Durant. And this is why I know it sets a bad precedent to be just firing people because one player says that. And it's a terrible precedent. It could ruin the organization's values and reputation for years. But at the same time, Houston owns all of their picks for the next 10 years, right? Almost. It's like, it's ridiculous. So like you kind of have to do any anything it takes to contend. And if that means keeping Kevin Durant and firing two people that really haven't been great at their job, I know Sean Marks is way better at his job than Steve Nash. And Sean Marks has been given an unfair hand with all of the drama and all of the situations but he's not the best gm in the league right steve nash is seen as the worst coach in the nba pretty much by a lot of the people and personnel and teams around the league i think this is an easy decision but he tweeted out his support saying like i support our front office i support our coaching staff kind of gets me thinking like yeah it's not a done deal that he's siding with them over kevin durant i'm sure there's still going to be um you know talks about what he's going to do and internal discussions but i think that we're going to see you know Boston reaching out again if they haven't already I think that's the number one destination with that package centered around Jalen Brown um and we're gonna see the Raptors reaching out too I know they won't include Scotty Barnes but they have Fred Van Fleet OG Ananobi Gary Trent Jr and all of their picks that they have 
So that could be another option um, because I know they still want to contend either way, right? They've been Simmons. They don't own their picks. They need to contend. I mean, I would hope that they would want to contend, but um, and if they get those packages, then great. Then they can po- possibly contend. But like at the as it stands right now, how can you contend with no picks? I agree, which is why you kind of need to side with KD here. Yeah, I mean, this whole thing is just, I feel like we're back to like three weeks ago when we were yeah. talking. I feel like we've just hit like the reset button and this whole thing is starting over again. Um, whether it's Boston or the Suns try and do something, which I don't know if they can do anything at this point given what No, they can't because they can't, they can't but, trade Aiden and who are they going to center a package around? Mikel Bridges? Me too. So, <laughs> so Boston, Toronto, what does this mean for Kyrie and the Lakers, which, you know, we have to say at some point on every episode the words Kyrie and the words the Lakers. Um, it's not happening. But <laughs> I, mean, with I, I don't know. Is, is there a world in which Steve they fire Steve Nash and try and make it work? Because I could see, I don't see Marks. I don't see him getting rid of Marks. But I don't like but, Nash isn't a good coach. Yeah, so you're yeah. not wrong. But this was played really, to my view, to force KD to be traded. It look, it would look so bad. By the way, KD looks bad right now, regardless. But if Josai, and again, this was not even something that was rumored to happen prior to the season. If he now this week, n- the next week, right before the season, all of a sudden fires Sean Marks and fires uh, uh, Steve Nash, it's very clear why he did that. So effectively, Josiah is saying the future of the franchise, the fr- the franchise is run by Kevin Durant. That's not that's not a good look. Yeah. And KD would be the coach and GM killer. Like it's not a good look for anyone involved. Yeah, I agree, they be the new Lakers. It's, but it's a bad situation <laughs> because what are you gonna do? Get rid of KD and like fail and then you have no picks? Is there a world though in you which keep Steve Nash Joe he's an si- awful coach? Joe Sai's looking in the mirror and he says, Who's more crucial to this franchise winning? Steve Nash or Kevin Durant? Of course it's and Kevin I Durant. Think you can make a very strong argument okay, but that the it's really Kevin Durant. Big question is do you think Kevin wants the I mean he's saying this I don't Fire. think he really wants to stay. I don't think he wants nah, to stay either. Yeah, I so think I think that's either. the yeah. question. That's the answer. That's so why Josai tweeted what he did because I don't think he did. This is not. He wants to leave. Okay, so I'll give you a comparison. When Kobe said trade Shaq or else I'm leaving, I think he truly meant like, listen, if you if you bring back Shaq and Phil, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna come back. They got rid of Phil, or like Phil left, Shaq got traded, and Kobe did come back. So I do think in that situation, Kobe did want to come back. There was no chance Kobe would have come back if they brought back Phil plus Shaq. It's a good point. I mean, those are two separate players, though, right? No, well, but, but what but, I'm saying is, like, I don't think KD wants to come back. Like, right. I think if Joe Sy said, KD, what do you want? Fire Sean Marks, fire. Fine. Well, then what? What? Katie picks right. the Katie GM. Katie, Katie picks the head coach. What the heck is going on? Hey, I mean, yeah. this is why. Uh, where's the line? Where, like, uh, how far do you take this? How far do you take it? Where, like, you're like, hey, Katie, run and the I franchise. And I think this looks bad on Katie's part too, because a lot of teams are gonna be like, why do I want this drama king on my? You know, he's becoming Kyrie Irving with all this drama that. He I mean, he's always been Kyrie Irving with this with the drama. I know, I know, but it's like, it's like, I mean, if I'm the Celtics, I'm not giving up Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart for Kevin Durant and picks. Like, I would keep my champion. Championship roster. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like that. That's what I would do. Team that's built a core together. I, at this point, I mean, Josiah either has to. Be, I mean, he has to put his foot down and get as much as he can for Kevin Durant. And at the same time, he doesn't have to trade him. You know, he can always just say, "Hey, you're on contract for four years. You sign this." And I think it's getting like, yes, I'm all for like players. You know, having their rights and stuff. But he signed a four-year contract. 
and I'm tired of all these GMs and front office executives kind of just pondering to the players, pandering to the players, right? And just yeah. trading them. Like, put your foot down, say, hey, you signed a contract, you're here. Sorry about it. Yeah, but unfortunately, we're getting to that point where it doesn't matter if they signed a four-year. Yeah, they'll right? just sit out, right? Yeah, like, they're like just Kyrie, they're, Yeah, so. they're not going to care. Well, speaking of more drama, DeJounte Murray continues to jaw at a... Uh, uh, Brandon's boy, Paolo Bancaro, <laughs> on Instagram, continuously going after him, calling him soft, and yeah, then threatening yeah, yeah. him, not, saying, not I'll blow your back. Not, 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 that's not, that's, yeah, no, no. I'll blow your back. <laughs> that's not real. Uh, that's a, that's boy, a, I'm just, I'm just putting this out there. It might have been fake news, but um, what are your thoughts on this whole situation, guys, so far? Okay, I, I'm fascinated by this, because we were in Vegas at Summer League. So, Brandon, we kind of do have to start with you because this is your boy. You, you are kind of connected <laughs> with this guy's career. If he's the seventh best player, you're a genius. If he's the best player, it's like, what the heck does this guy know? Your thoughts on this? I, I think it makes DeJounte look really bad. I mean, this is a guy who came out as, a, as an all-star last year. You know, he's 25 years old. He's going after a 19-year-old boy who hasn't even played in the NBA yet. And he's it's like, boy. oh, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I mean, he's a boy compared to, to, I mean, he's not a little boy like with DeJounte Murray. He's a big boy, 6'10". He can play basketball. But I mean, like, dude, this guy's a, this guy's still a kid. I mean, what has he done to DeJounte Murray? And he's right. Like, if you look at the tape of that game, they were call- DeJounte Murray couldn't guard him. He was calling for doubles the whole game. And it's like, Paulo is a special offensive player. I never denied that. But this makes DeJounte look really, really bad, considering he's now, he was seen as a guy that built himself from nothing, that became an all-star. And he has all of it. And what, he wants to now become Patrick Beverly? Even though he's much more talented and is like a triple double, th- like what has Paulo done to you, dude? Like you know, like I think I don't yesterday get it. didn't we talk about the fact that he has it? He might be playing with this chip on his shoulder, and it's like a bitter chip, maybe yeah. that he's like playing with. And as he hates a number one pick with yeah. all the hype because he didn't yeah. get that hype. Like it's a right. screwed up thing. It's a mentality, but he doesn't have to go after him all the time. It just makes him look so bad, considering he's six years older and he's an NBA veteran. I mean, I love this. This is great because this is great fodder for the for when we get to the actual NBA season when they can finally. Play Play against one another so keep it coming keep it rolling keep keep, keep the dice going yeah I'm, Apollo, man. I mean I don't have I don't have too much to say about this except for the fact I mean they're both from the Seattle area yep. oh. they've known each other for a while there's Maybe more there's more to this than than what this uh the public seems to know so I mean if if it leads to something throughout the year and you know, a little rivalry between the Rockets and whatever team, the, the Hawks. It's not even on the, the Rockets, on the Magic. Um, yeah. The Magic and the Hawks. Are they in the same division? So they'll play each other uh, three times. Uh, I, I'm not good with the NBA division. I mean, at all. no one even cares um, about the NBA divisions. It doesn't really matter. They'll you know? match up a few times, and yeah. if, it, if it leads to a storyline, great. They're going to play. They're going to play one another. So or play against one another. So, yeah, I just I think this is I think this is awesome because like now you're looking at like the future, right? Like you're looking at the future, like a future rivalry or a future, regardless of where these guys end up, like in the future. At least for now, we have something kind of to look forward to, I guess. GA, I'm going to throw in a wild card question for the group. Um, we uh, just got word that the uh, 2023 Pro Bowl is going to come back to Las Vegas. Again, there was some talk that they would not have the Pro Bowl. I went to the game this year. I covered it. Uh, it was two-hand touch. And I said, what the heck are we doing here? I really felt bad that people actually bought tickets to watch these guys play a football game and it was two-hand touch. But it was the Pro Bowl. You get to see the best players. But it will be... So it does seem like Vegas is the new Hawaii for the Pro Bowl. Well, listen, people do want to go to Vegas they, they want to have a good time your thoughts on this you, I mean should they because again there was some talk of them not having the Pro Bowl because again 
it shouldn't be two hand touch. I think there, there's been a handshake shake agreement with the players. Like, let's not tackle. Let's do two hand touch. I mean, uh, let's you know, let's let's call spade a spade. Who who of us watches the Pro I was Bowl? About to say, I no one watches the Pro Bowl. Nobody watches the Pro Bowl. And honestly, I I I agree with the players. Why would they want to get hurt in well, a post game? Thing. You know what I'm saying? Don't have the game. Just have a Pro Bowl selections and have a skills competition yes. and then oh. bet on that. Like, don't bet on. Like, no one wants to watch. Matt Jones I, doing a gritty running 80 yards, you know? I no think the only I think the only thing that's um, great about the Pro Bowl is the fact that fans can go and watch their or see their favorite they players. They can go meet them anyways. No, no, I'm I'm just saying that like they can go they the, what they should do instead of the quote unquote Pro Bowl is uh, allow these fans to go and do a meet and greet or something like that and Yeah, see which them. they do by the way, yeah. but you know, but I, that's I, it. I think, no Pro Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> because you you're right. I mean, tackle football i mean in terms of actually like someone were to yeah so i mean i mean but that was the, the surprising thing because they did sell tickets for this so here's the thing you want to have it be two-hand touch you want to have it be flag football that's fine give tickets give tickets yeah. out to like community to uh, kids out there who don't get to go to games but again i mean there were people who actually paid big money to watch the pro bowl who maybe had not seen a pro bowl in a long time but i remember back in the day when it was in hawaii and those guys hit yeah remember sean taylor like laid out the punter or something it was crazy yeah yeah. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend, the sports god, Dave Smith. When we return right here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5, the fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Los Angeles, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now. Circa Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircusSports.com for details, and here he is, the sports god himself, Dave Smith. Dave, how are you? What's up, Ross? What's up, everyone? Good to have you back, Dave. Uh, we got word this morning, Serena Williams calling it a career. Dave, I mean, we've been so blessed, um, you know, to see some of the GOATs, some of the greats in all of sports. When you talk about Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, LeBron James, you go down the list. Serena is right up there. I uh, grew up in uh, Compton. Uh, your uh, thoughts here on the retirement of Serena? <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of sad to hear, but, you know, she's over 40 now. And I think yeah. you just look back at what a great career she had. And without question, she's the greatest women's player of all time and one of the great players of all time uh, in a sport of tennis. And, and just when you think back, two kids from Compton who, who grew up uh, poor and uh, di- didn't have the private lessons and didn't grow up in a country club, and their dads, uh, you know, who, who didn't really have any tennis experience himself, coaches them himself on the public courts of tennis, uh, public courts in Compton. The, the odds that 
that they would be where they wound up her and Venus. So it's just astronomical against them. And I remember when they were, uh, I think 11 and 10 years old or whatever it is that they were on television and people were doing te- television reports on them. And, and Richard was up there saying that one day they're going to be number one and number two in the world. And everybody thought he was nuts. And, he was kind of crazy like a fox, wasn't he? He knew exactly what he was doing. And uh, it's, it's incredible. What they accomplished, uh, I don't think we'll ever see it happen again, uh, coming from the circumstances they grew up in. And, you know, their dad coaching them with no tennis experience. It's just incredible what they did. Especially Serena, of course, who's the greatest player of all time. And, it, you know, it's, it's a shame she never got to 25, Margaret yeah. Court's record. She's sitting there, one behind her for the last five or six years, and, I think she'd probably be close to 30. Um, you know, she, she went through a tough pregnancy. She almost she died in the hospital yeah. giving birth. And she was never the same after that and never won another major. Uh, Dave, your thoughts on the latest in the Kevin Durant saga? Things are getting a little ugly now. I, I think pu- publicly now Kevin Durant meets with uh, uh, Nets owner Josiah and effectively says, hey, listen, I, if you want to keep me, you got to fire coach Steve Nash, GM Sean Marks. I mean, this is not a good look for Josiah if he decides to go in that d- direction. I don't think it's a good look for KD regardless. Your thoughts on this? I mean, it's pretty clear, Dave, he wants to leave. And so you you make this public if you're basically saying, hey, listen, you can keep me and we can go through this all season and I can make comments like this and, and, and not talk to the media and and go on social. But, Dave, I mean, it's a pretty bad look when the star player says, if you want me back, you got to fire the GM and you got to fire the, the head coach. You know, unfortunately, he's probably going to get his wish with the NBA and sports being what they are nowadays. And uh, it's happened in the past where a superstar player would get his way. But, uh, you know, you know me, Ross, I'm kind of old school when it comes to things like this. If he came into my office and said that, said, what, what, what do you mean if I want to keep you? Don't you have four years left on your contract? You, yeah. you have absolutely no leverage here, KD. Uh, yeah, we'll try to accommodate your wishes. If I can make a haul here and get equal value, yeah, then maybe. But other than that, we'll see you in training camp, big guy. And if you're going to cause a problem and hold out and stuff, how'd you like not getting paid at all the next four years after I suspend you? Were you going to tell me who I'm going to hire as the head coach with four years left in your contract? No, sir. Yeah, no. Uh, Dave, I, I 100% agree with you. I think... Um this is just it's got it's just gone too far unfortunately with the nba and the control that some of these players have i want to switch over to the nfl um should fans be concerned about matthew stafford's injury for the rams um and i just wanted to know your thoughts on what they could possibly do this season if they could run it back yeah that's a good question i don't think any of us know exactly how serious it is and if it's going to cost him any games or not so uh, yeah, absolutely. If, he, if he's not ready to go and he's not 100%, that's, uh, that's a big problem for the Rams because he was tremendous last year, Matthew Stafford. I've always been a fan of his and felt bad for him playing in Detroit all those years where I think if he was in a, in a better situation, he could do some great things. But uh, I don't think they're going to repeat regardless because it's difficult in the NFL to do. You've got to have luck. You've got to stay healthy. And, uh, you know, me, me being a San Francisco 49ers fan, <laughs> I keep thinking if that interception had happened on the Rams' last drive, but, and that was a gimme. That was a that was a duck that Stafford threw up there. I still can't believe that wasn't an interception. And if it was, game over Super Bowl 49ers last year. So you got to be a little lucky as well as good to get to the Super Bowl and win it. 
Thank you. No one ever wants to bring that up. Everyone's like, oh, the Rams, they won, they won. Oh, That's because you guys luck. are their fans. <laughs> they got some luck. They got some luck. It's all good. We got some luck against the Packers, too. So no, no worries about that. I wanted to ask you, Dave, about Brandon Ayuk, and it's been reported nationally. This isn't just 49ers bias, that he's arguably having the best camp of any receiver in the NFL, especially in the 49ers camp. Do you expect a huge leap for him next year, especially since Fred Warner is jawing at him? They're getting into fights in practice. Obviously, Kyle Shanahan doesn't like that. But there's some intensity that he's playing with, and I think he might go toward a Debo Samuel-type role next year. Well, I hope so. Um, if Trey Lance can get him the ball, that's the big key. Um, how good is Trey Lance? I love him athletically. I think he's going to be a really good NFL quarterback. But what he, he, he didn't play his senior year in college. He played sparingly last year. Of It's been two or three years since he's even played. And now they're going to throw him in there and expect to be a Super Bowl contender uh, I, I'm, I'm not quite so sure about him yet. I, I would not trade Jimmy G. As, uh, as you guys know, I'm a big fan of his. and uh, I'd bring him back for another year and, uh, and try to make another Super Bowl run. And The criticism that he gets among my fellow 49ers fans, I've never been able to figure out. Took him to a Super Bowl three years ago. Should have been in the Super Bowl last year. The guy's a winner. I, I hope Trey Lance turns into a great NFL quarterback, and I think he has the potential to do that, but... I'm just not, not, I'm a little shaky about him being the starting quarterback this year. Dave, uh, in, in the college world, the first coaches poll, uh, the preseason coaches poll came out uh, yesterday with Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia at the top, and USC sitting at 15. USC went 4-8 and eight last year, obviously made a lot of changes. Uh, what do you think about this spot for them in the poll, too high, too low, or just right? I think that's just about right. Um, uh, they're going to be a lot better than they were last year. Of course, this was getting rid of Gomer Helton and uh, you know having, having the new coaching situation with Lincoln Riley. I think it just a, is a huge upgrade. But uh, I, I think uh, talking about the Final Four winning a national championship maybe a year or two early for this team. And uh, uh, the, the one concern I would have, Lincoln Riley is a great offensive mind. They're going to move the football, but... He, there were a lot of 50-40 to 40 and 60-50 to 50 games when he was in Oklahoma. His teams never play any defense, which I think is, is a concern why we can't seriously consider USC, I think, a national championship contender yet. His teams never stop anybody. That might be more of a Big 12 thing, but his defenses have been awful over the years. Yeah, and that's going to continue be, to be the case. I think that's why a lot of people are ranking them behind Oregon, behind Utah. Both have much better defenses. Dave, I wanted to ask you about the Mets. You know, there's been a Mets hype train recently with DeGrom and Max Scherzer coming back. And the pitching staff has looked elite. A lot of people that really follow the game of baseball think they might be the team to beat because of their pitching staff. We all know pitching wins World Series. Is. The Dodgers still do have the best record. What would a matchup between the Mets and Dodgers mean, and who would win that matchup as of right now? Now, things could change. Walker Bueller still has to come back. Dustin May still has to come back. But personally, I'm riding with the Mets. Well, that's a good question. The Mets have been playing the first great baseball lately. It took four out of five from Atlanta in the last series. That's an outstanding matchup. You look at that Dodgers starting pitching. They've got, I think, four of their starters have ERAs under three right now. And, and you mentioned that. Walker Buehler not even there. So they, they should be. And, and in the postseason, when that fifth starter doesn't get any starts, uh, the Dodgers are going to be an awfully tough team to beat in the postseason. But uh, I'm with you. I like the Mets. Uh, I, I, I think the Mets right now are the team to beat in the National League. Dave, Chris Sale uh, fell off of a bike 
yesterday and broke his wrist, had season-ending surgery after suffering a broken finger and a start a couple weeks ago after coming back from breaking uh, a fractured rib cage. You know, just a lot of major injuries in rehab for Chris Sale. What's What do you think is next for him and his career kind of on the tail end uh, after being so good a couple of years ago? Wow, that's a good question. But six foot ten and incredible stuff and kind of a Randy Johnson type pitcher. By the way, what's he doing riding a bicycle during the regular season? That's uh that that's a question I would have for him and his agent. But uh yeah, it, obviously if he can stay healthy, he's one of the top pitchers in major league baseball, but the, that's the question. Can he stay healthy or not? Uh who knows? Uh, healthy he's still an elite pitcher, I would think. Uh, one more for you on the baseball side. Since acquiring Juan Soto, the Padres have struggled, haven't scored in the yeah. last 23 innings. Um, you know, I'm not. I don't want to read too far into it. You know, in 2017, the Dodgers were the best team in baseball, and at one point lost 11 straight in September. Um, is is this something that you know baseball fans, San Diego fans, should really be concerned about, or is it just them kind of getting used to this new roster? <sighs> Um, well, I think well, they've lost five in a row, right? And they're, which, and they're tied now for that last wild card spot. They're only a game ahead in that final wild card spot. So they're in trouble right now. And, uh, yeah, so he struggled well here. What's he hitting about 245, 246? And uh, he wasn't hitting particularly well in Washington either. So, yeah, I think it's a big concern for the Padres. And, uh, I'm sure they're they're hoping to taste gets back soon, but he's starting a rehab assignment, right? So he, he should be back uh, uh, certainly at least before the season ends playing for the Padres. Uh, Dave, shocking new Tyson Fury, who retired in April, has announced that he is coming <laughs> back, which we kind of knew that. Dave, uh, your your thoughts on this? I mean, what's your kind of dream scenario for Tyson Fury? Again, I love that a heavyweight champion uh, with his charisma, his star power will come back. We we both knew that he would. This happened a little bit maybe sooner than we thought. Again, he just retired in April, and now he's going to come back. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's retired more and more than I have uh, <laughs> over right. the years, and except my, my, mine isn't by choice when I go into retirement. <laughs> but um, I, I, I I'd love to see him and Anthony Joshua fight for the undisputed heavyweight championship. Now, but I, I, Joshua's got a tall order in front of him trying to win that rematch against Alexander Usyk. But why, well, if that fights in in, in London, that, that that's that's. Maybe the biggest sporting event, and I know they love soccer over there, Arash, but yeah. that that might be the biggest sporting event in the history of the country if those two fight for the undisputed heavyweight championship in the, at Wembley Stadium in, in England. Uh, there's not enough tickets they could ever sell for that. That would sell out a hundred thousand. They they could sell probably five hundred thousand in England for that fight. And although, uh, and and Fury, have you ever interviewed? I'm sure you have, Arash. Tyson Fury's a great guy. I mean, he's got a great sense of humor. He's funny. He's kind of. Ali-like, if he were an American, I think he would be a household name oh, over here. 100%. I mean, Dave, with his ability yeah. to kind of like, you know, sing and the way he uh, yes. you know, handles a press <laughs> conference. I mean, and his story, Dave, right? I mean, like we all love a great comeback story, redemption and things like that. Uh, one more from the fight game, uh, Dave. Uh, we, again, we'll, we'll talk about this a lot as we get to the date, and I think we'll be doing the show from Vegas the week of the uh, Triple G Canelo fight. If Triple G were to knock out, well, let's just say if he were to knock out Canelo, if he were to have a decisive victory, wow. and we both yeah. know 
in my view, I think it was pretty clear. Triple G won the first fight. The the next fight was a lot closer, but I think he won the, that fight too, Dave. Dave, you're, you're 100% right. I mean, clearly won the first one. I thought pretty clearly the second one. If he wins decisively, what does that do for not only Canelo's legacy? Again, uh, you know, the, the, the thought is that, you know, that they whatever they did to the judges, they did. That if, if Triple G were to decisively win the third fight, gets on the mic post-fight and says, listen, I'm 3-0 against him now. Tell me, what does that do for the legacy of Triple G? What does that do to Canelo? Wow, that's a great question. Triple C obviously goes down as one of the great middleweights. If I can have a great super middleweight, if he can pull this off at over 40 years old and beat Canelo Alvarez. And, and I'm with you, Ross. I thought Triple C won both fights. And uh, I know I'm in the minority here. I've always thought Canelo was overrated as a fighter, as I good agree. as he is. Uh, in my mind, he lost to Erislandi, Erislandi Lara. He lost uh, both fights to Triple G. So, you know, I think he's got, uh, what, five losses now, not just two. And, uh, and plus, you know, I, I, no, nobody ever talks about it. But what about the positive steroid test after, after the well, first Golovkin One hundred percent. To me, that takes away from his legacy. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. I mean, the fact that, like, he does not, have, at the very least, Dave, doesn't belong in these conversation for the greatest of all time or when you're talking about Chavez. I mean, I mean, the number of blemishes he has, whether it's poor judging um, and I mean, just absolutely criminal. Some of those some of those scorecards. Oh um, my God! Yes. Um, uh, what was the judge's name? Uh, uh, Madeleine Bird. I mean, the fact that she got to judge again and continues to judge is is <laughs> absolutely criminal. But they I mean, Canelo isn't in the conversation. Yeah. I mean, he's a great fighter, great champ, but like not greatest of all time. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he's always had trouble with slick boxers. Yeah. Uh, guys who could box him a little bit. Uh, both times with Triple G, Aristotle Laura outboxed him. Austin Trout outboxed him. Uh, but even Billy Joe Saunders, that fight where he got his eye socket broken, that was pretty much an even fight after eight rounds. And uh, and, and again, you know, the positive steroid test, uh, I, I think that takes away, that tarnishes Canelo's legacy. And uh, I've always been suspicious of him. Just look at him. Um, I was at the weigh-in for the first Golovkin-Canelo fight. And he gets up there on the scale and had the huge traps and shoulders and he had the, like the welts and the zits on his back. And I said, something's going on here. This is, that's, and then he tested positive for PEDs right after that fight. Yeah. Dave, I wanted to ask you about the Lakers. I know that the NBA released their top five teams in the Western Conference. It was one Warriors, two Suns, three Clippers, four Nuggets, five um, Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies are a bit low there. And if you look down further, the Lakers are like ninth, right? So they have Westbrook coming yeah. back as of right now. They really don't have shooting besides Cole Swider, if he's even put on the roster. Austin Reeves needs to have a big year. I mean, what's the what's the feeling for you going into this season? Is this is this just a, a washed season unless Anthony Davis stays healthy? Well, I like the coaching hire. Uh, I think that's an improvement. Uh, yeah, AD, um, if AD and LeBron are both healthy and 100%, they'll be a playoff team. Uh, can they win a championship? I don't think so. But will AD stay healthy? Well, no. Look at his history. Even when he was younger in New Orleans, he'd miss 20, 25 games every year. So he's going to break down and he's going to get hurt. And LeBron at 38 is, seems to be as good as he ever was. But at that age, you never know going into a season. The Westbrook, of course, uh, you know, Ross, you and I talked about this last summer. That's an absolutely awful trade that the Lakers made for him. Right. He's the worst fit possible playing with LeBron James. And 
why anybody would ever think that he would be a good fit playing with LeBron with, with his game the way it is, I, I don't know. And by the way, can we quit blaming Rob Belinka for this? I saw an article <laughs> the other day. But Belinka was just getting ripped for that trade. He had nothing to do with that. LeBron and Rich Paul made that trade. They forced it on the Lakers. But Belinka had nothing to do with that. Dave, the, the Clippers might and by be... The the- way, don't sleep, by the way, don't sleep on the Pelicans. Uh, I love this team with Zion coming back. Yeah, uh, the Clippers might be the deepest team uh, in the West. If yes. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are healthy, what is their ceiling this year? Well, I think the ceiling could be an NBA championship, the Clippers. I, I love this team. And again, you know, Paul George has got to come through in the postseason, which has been a problem for him. He's kind of Clayton Kershaw-like in the postseason over his career. But we know how great LeBron is when he's healthy. I like the coach. I like, And, and that's a good point you made. I love the depth as well. It's, all a matter of staying healthy and, of course, breaking that curse of the Clippers, which is uh, which is that, that's a tough thing to get past when you look at what's happened to them in the postseason and with injuries throughout their franchise's history. Dave, one more for you. Uh, the Pro Bowls coming back to Las Vegas. It does seem like the National Football League is basically making Vegas the new Hawaii for the Pro Bowl where, listen, guys uh, don't really want to maybe play in the game, but they want a free trip out to Vegas. Dave, I covered that game last year. It was a two-hand touch game. There was some talk about scrapping <laughs> the game altogether. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, it does enough TV viewership. Again, I wouldn't have watched if I if I wasn't there covering it. But, like, it's football, right? And at the end of the day, if it's a football game on TV, people will put it on. Your thoughts on the Pro Bowl? I mean, like, is it time to scrap it? Time to do a skills competition? Which they do, by the way. So it's not like they don't have a skills competition. But, uh, again, for at least one more year and perhaps two, the Pro Bowl will be played. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a Pro Bowl uh, start to finish in my yeah. life. Uh, nobody, nobody cares. And, uh, you know, I, I'm with you, Ross. I don't even know why they bother playing the game. How about skills contests? They can have a lot of fun, get everybody together in Las Vegas. Maybe play a flag football game. That's not a bad idea. But, you know, the skills contest as well is risky, Russia. You guys old enough to remember Robert Edwards yeah. back in the day. He had a great rookie season, rookie of the year, went over 1,000 yards, and looked like he was going to be one of the all-time great running backs. Goes to Hawaii, and they were having some kind of silly skills contest, you know, running around in the sand, uh, playing touch football, and he destroyed his knee. And he, I, I think he came back, but he was never the same. He only lasted another year or two after that. It ruined his career, so... Even the skills contests are dangerous over there. Now, I tell you what, if I'm an owner and I had a star player, none of them would participate in the game or the skills contest. You, you, you can find me all you want, but none of my players are participating in that. 100%. I mean, I mean, like, there's no way that I'm putting my players in a position where they're putting on a helmet, they're putting on, you know, like, again, that is why the Pro Bowl, and again, the league didn't decide this. Players had like a handshake agreement amongst themselves. We're not tackling each other. So this is a two-hand touch competition. So that's all good. Uh, Dave, you're the best. We'll do it again uh, next week. That's all the time that we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports. With two ways to win and no rake. 
Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.